Back here on the Sports Drive, ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99.1 FM. And on the ESPN Pensacola app, I am now joined by Brent Beard of First Coast News, 1010XL Radio, um, also co-host of the SEC and Helping uh, podcast. Brent, uh, been a little bit. Uh, apologies for being out sick. Wasn't planning on it, but uh, here we are, uh, post college football season and I, I do want to ask a, just a little bit about college football there's some things that have happened since um, the last time that we've talked obviously that I'd like to get into one of which being Georgia the national champions again in in quite dominant fashion I I, I don't the I, I watched almost the entire game it got, it got to a point where I, I turned it off or I turned it to something else and then came back for the post game but is a game like that bad for college football, given that it's the national title game and it was that lopsided? Well, I mean, there's something to do about it. Uh, I mean, I, when the sure. uh, playoffs expand, I think that's going to take care of uh, certain games like that. In other words, TCU, if we had expanded, uh, may have been a situation to where they they could have lost in the uh, like the second round or something like that before you ever got to uh, any kind of semifinal uh, situation. Well, no, I mean it certainly doesn't it, it doesn't help. Uh, but the I mean the committee and they to their credit they did win a game against Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I mean the committee. Had no idea that that was going on. I mean, your your alternative then would have been, well, if you're going to uh, not have um, TCU, uh, I mean, it it would have basically come down to uh, uh, probably Alabama um, or Ohio State or Alabama and Tennessee or something of that ilk. Um, but uh, I mean, they're they're really, it just really shows how powerful the SEC is, uh, and how much better Georgia is uh, at this point than anybody else. Speaking of Brett Beard, he's joining the Sports Drive now. Yeah, I, I think to me, and and a lot of people watch the game and say TCU had no place being there. Well, they they made the playoff and they did win a semifinal game, so. In a way, it showed. I think to your to your point in answering the question, though um, the way that you did is that this is we're not going to get to this point in a national title again when we get expansion. Now TCU do deserve credit for winning that football game over Michigan, and they had to have some things go their way, which they did with the two pick sixes and all of that. Um, and I mean, in the end, they are the runner ups, and they're going to have to live with it. Uh, on the flip side, Stetson Bennett wins another national title and um there there is he the i think certainly the most decorated but would you consider him the best quarterback college football quarterback in the college football playoff era brent with what stetson's been able to do along with of course the great georgia defenses that have come along with with his play the last couple of seasons well he would certainly earn uh, uh I think a lot of consideration for that. I mean, if you win two in a row, um, I don't care who you are. Um, but I mean, he. But but I don't think they win without him. I mean, if they'd have had Vandergriff, yeah. or they would have had um, uh, another one of the um, 
quarterbacks, they don't, I don't, uh, well, uh, uh, let me say this. They certainly would not have beaten Ohio State. And if they did, if they had not had Bennett, I mean, it may have been 35 to 7 instead of 65 to 7. Um, but he uh, actually improved his quarterback. I mean, whether he plays in the next levels uh, is really, frankly, what he done, what he's done. I think that I'm not going to say it's immaterial, but uh, as far as his impact on Georgia and college football uh, will be cemented forever, and he'll be thought of, or should be, as as one of the best quarterbacks in ACC history. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how we think about these things, but and and a lot of times we we look at great college quarterbacks and think it's going to translate to the NFL level. Uh, but you you could say that two of the best, if not the the two best um, quarterbacks we've ever seen with college football, just in Tim Tebow and what he did, and also maybe even Johnny Manziel and how he just took over college football. Neither of them had they had little to no success in the National Football League, yet they're still remembered as some of the best college football quarterbacks to to ever live. I think Stetson at least has that for him, but and he fits that mold where a a guy that wasn't really respected at all coming out of high school, found a way to get it done. I mean, his whole journey is very, very unique. And and with this win now, Georgia is the king of college football, you you would presume, given uh, how they've won, um, winning both of those titles. Is is there anything that's going to slow down Kirby Smart the way that he's going right now? Well, um, I, think, I still think Alabama... Um, and LSU maybe, uh, Tennessee maybe, uh, uh, within the conference would, would still have something to, uh, say about that. But that, I mean, they're not going anywhere. They've, they've got, uh, tremendous talent that's coming back. And, uh, if people haven't seen their schedule next year, very easy. It, I, I mean, I mean, to be very honest, it's a joke, frankly. <laughs> Uh, they've got now, now. In fairness, they would have played Oklahoma, but I don't think that would have made any difference. I mean, Oklahoma basically is a 500 football team right now. Um, so, uh, but they'll. Oh, oh yeah, uh, they've got the uh, the talent. Kirby playing a lot of these guys. They were smart by doing so. Mm. Um, uh, so there, there's a quite. I mean, could they win? Could they win three in a row? I mean, it's possible. Um, uh, frankly, uh, it's just not easy to do. Um, and, uh, and and again, their question is going to be, uh, who's going to be the quarterback? I mean, the Carson Beck out of Jacksonville could be too. Uh, so, but, but I'll say this. They will be favored uh, in all the uh, – magazines uh, in the polls in the preseason. Brent Beer joining the show now of First Coast News and co-host of the SEC and Helping Podcast. Uh, sticking in in the SEC here, uh, th- th- this whole thing with Jaden Rashada is very, very interesting. All of a sudden, I mean, he, he seems a shoe-in. He's enrolled at Florida. He's there. And then out of nowhere, news comes up that he is seeking a release from his national letter of intent, and uh, he doesn't want to play for the program. He's going to reopen his recruitment. I mean, th- this... 
in a way, almost seemed a little bit too late at first. The way that I read it is I, I thought he's already there. I, I don't know what's going to come of this, but where where do you see things from the Florida Gators standpoint in this program with Billy Napier? And then also uh, for Jade, I mean, what, what, what is next with him? Don't know. I mean, it just is, uh, uh, I mean, he's not enrolled. Uh, he, I think he basically had to be there by uh, Friday, and he wasn't. So, I mean, Florida just moves on, which is really all they can do at this point. Now, I mean, it's not like the cupboard's going to be bare. I, I mean, I, I get the I get the quarterback situation, and they've got to be able to uh, to, to figure that out. Um, uh, so, but I mean, they've done probably better than people realize. Um, I thought it was extremely important that Ricky Pearsall was coming back. Uh, that that was their best uh, wide receiver from last year. Uh, Damian George is transferring in from Alabama. I mean, he provided Dell. He wasn't a starter, uh, frankly. And again, Graham Mertz, I, I think, is okay. Um, but they're, they've got ETN, they've got Montreal, and they've got, I think they've got a pretty good offensive line. Max Brown's going to be a two-sport athlete. He played baseball, too, uh, uh, a Gator quarterback. So I'm not going to say that just because they didn't get Rashada uh, that it's not the end of the world. Now, there's no doubt. I'm sure they've got to improve their NIL. Uh, but at, at the same time, uh, Drew, you, you, you just simply, I mean, again, I don't believe the numbers. I don't believe they they offered him $13 million spread over four years. I mean, you can't pay him more than you pay NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, but, you know, I mean, it's just one of those, it's just one of those things to where um, they are – uh, they're in a they're in a situation where um, uh, they have got to develop their guys, and but uh, and and who knows? I mean, if if they get a if they get a better suggestion uh, uh, in the transfer portal at quarterback, maybe come May, uh, may maybe they're able to bring another one in. Yeah, quite possibly. They they have Jack Miller, Max Brown, and then Graham Mertz transferring over from Wisconsin. That that seems to be their quarterback room uh, at, at the moment. Brent Beer joining the Sports Drive now. An, an interesting article that I ran over, um, because you retweeted it, actually, was from Saturday Down South regarding uh, the bowl games and, and the future of it. And this is something that we've talked about before, but I found it interesting in reading it. Um, essentially, for those who haven't looked at it, uh, a bowl sponsor... Uh, Trans perfect. Essentially, they're, they they got in touch with some of them, and they they've talked about while the the overall viewership or the attendance of games isn't necessarily what the way that people may want it to be. There there are reasons to be encouraged um, from what the sponsors get out of things. Now, I find it interesting because you look at or you hear sponsors be okay with you know not having as much attendance because games like that Tennessee and Purdue game that was alluded to in the story peaked on on Instagram I think with like 15 it had like 15 million viewers or whatever the final part of that game and and people just all of a sudden went to that game to watch to watch the end of it because of how crazy it was 
is that I mean it might be good for the sponsors, but for for college football and the amount of games that we see, the amount of teams included, um, especially this year who had six and six records, uh, you know people aren't all too interested. Is there any way that we can navigate through this? I know that there was a part of this proposal for the some of the changes in bowl season criteria for bowls to be involved in the college football playoff. I don't know how if that would help keep the bowls alive in a way, but in the way that we look at the future of college football, I mean, it seems like fans like the bowl games, but there is some financial loss that actually comes from these games, Brent, for some of these smaller schools. I'm going to give you a different answer for this. Um, uh, we're finally where we should have been 20 years ago. We're finally putting the emphasis where we need to put the emphasis uh, is on the playoffs. The playoffs are what uh, the, the playoffs are the crown jewel for college football, not the bowl games. Mm-hmm. My my thing with bowl games, bowl games aren't going anywhere. Uh, I, I mean, they're going to send up the flag and, and to tell us all they're all in trouble, uh, but that's not the case. Uh, ESPN is paying way too much money for these bowl games. There are too many bowl games. Now, with that said. I enjoy bowl games, and, and, and frankly, got really excited when their bowl games on from noon to midnight, uh, because I watch most of them. But but the reality of it is, um, uh, and if someone need some of these bowl games need to go by the wayside, uh, that's okay. Uh, but but look, we're we're always going to have, um, and we've got one now, but but basically. Uh, 40 of them yeah. or something of that nature. Um, it wouldn't hurt us if we, if we went down to 25, frankly, uh, all in all. But but I, I'm, I've heard this for years. I've laughed about it, uh, frankly. Uh, but these bowls aren't going anywhere uh, much. Uh, and, as, and right now, as long as ESPN's funding about what ninety percent of them uh we're gonna have bowl games and 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 it'll be fine um and what they're gonna do is uh, and and I can see this coming we're gonna get all excited about playing uh, first round playoff games at the home home stadium uh but then uh we'll end up incorporating those into the bowls before it's over. Uh, so that that'll happen too. So so Drew, I, I'm I'm I like bowl games, uh, but 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 that's what needs to be number one is the playoffs. And again, the bowls will fend for themselves, and they'll and that they will be able to figure it out. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I love the bowl games, and it, if anything, it serves as background noise while you're trying to get some work it done. And, and, it, and even though it is background noise and that sounds bad, it's nice to be able to have something where if a crazy play happens or an ending no to it. And, and, and these games mean a lot to you know teams like Ohio and Wyoming who played against each other this year. It's it's some of the extra exposure that you get. You never know who may be watching, especially with some of these NFL guys. They see something stand out, and all of a sudden you might get invited to um, – you know, the Shrine Bowl or something like that. Uh, real quick, I want to transition to college hoops um, briefly. Updated net rankings. Uh, there's obviously two teams that are right now near the top. That'd be Tennessee at two and, and Alabama at three, two of the best teams in all of college basketball. Also touching the side, the uh, top 30 are Auburn and Arkansas. 
Kentucky, of course, has slipped off a little bit, but so many upsets over the weekend, Brent, um, and the the SEC showcase and their stuff of all the top 50 uh, net rankings by conference. You know, the the SEC, you've got six. The only conferences that are higher than them are the Big Ten with seven and the Big 12 with eight. Um, They're right there with the ACC as well, and Alabama look very, very good. Nate Oates has gotten them playing some really good basketball right now. Uh, Their final four team. Uh, and this continues much deeper. Uh, defense is much better. Um, they just play with LSU. Uh, um, this this is really the best Alabama team I think we've ever seen. I know Mark Godfrey had uh, uh, an Elite Eight team, uh, but, but beyond that, it was basically a lot of more mediocre. Uh, but uh, in, in this in this juncture. Um, it's exciting to see. I mean, Arkansas uh, is, has been struggling a little bit. Kentucky may have saved their season by beating Tennessee, um, and they've got uh, they may have figured out some of their lineup stuff too. Missouri was like what twelve and one or something like that, and and uh, got beat by Florida. Florida, mm-hmm. Florida is uh, better. Uh, two, which is nice to see. They're 48 in that. They need to get a little bit better. Um, and I tell you, it's really good, and it's not getting enough credits. It is Texas A&M. Buzz can really coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing uh, all that he can do. And Mike White has done a pretty good job at Georgia. They're 93. I mean, they're playing better in the conference I think they did not play well in the non-conference, which caused them a problem. But, I mean, that's kind of typical Mike White basketball. Georgia will uh, they'll be better, uh, probably going in the last week. Uh, there'll be a lot of chatter about do they get in the conference. Um, um, uh, were they going to be seated in the conference championship? Do they need to win a couple to get in? And they may win and get in. They'll lose one, and that they'll probably one and done in the tournament, which uh, which is basically the same thing Drew he did at Florida. Uh, yeah, yeah, it it absolutely is. And so many teams from the SEC expected to be involved in the NCAA tournament in some way, shape, or form here. Texas A&M just fallen short last year, as as Brent said, though. But but Buzz Williams has got his team playing. Uh, good basketball. Speaking of Alabama's program, real quick, I want to go back to them. Darius Miles, this is a crazy situation. Uh, capital murder charges revolving around a shooting uh, near Tuscaloosa. A guy that hasn't really played very often, but still, when you hear capital murder charges for a college basketball student, I mean, it, it obviously rings, and it rings pretty darn loud. Yeah, that's a real sad situation. And, um, and, and look, frankly, there were... Um, uh, other Alabama players that, that I understand who were around that situation, I, I, I don't think they were involved. Uh, but Miles really needed to go last year. He kind of begged his way back on the team. Actually, was on the bench against LSU. Uh, but um, uh, it, it, but I mean that's a horrible situation. If it, and again, it, it was alleged. I mean, if it was indeed. Uh, uh, the problem with that, the way, if he was the one who pulled the trigger and killed a woman and her child, uh, I, I mean, the unfortunate thing is, it, 
I mean, his life's over. Yeah, uh, is is the real sad thing about that. So, I mean, they won't miss a beat as a team. Hopefully, he'll get his life together uh, at, at some point. I mean, there's forgiveness for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the ground's level to the cross, but but um, uh, uh, but it's it, it just a incredibly sad situation. And and, you, and the test is going to be as Bama plays at Vanderbilt which has been a house of horrors for them uh, over the last few years, and then they play at Missouri, probably better for them that they're on the road uh, for these next two games just so they can be together. Yeah, I, man, I, I it's just a crazy situation, and, and it'll be interesting to see how, how NATO tries to, as you mentioned, other people being involved, how he, is it how he, how he also handles this and how they kind of get through this, and hopefully it's a, a quick and easy process because they are playing some really good basketball. Uh, the whole Texas job being open with Chris Beard, I, I saw Calipari's name floated as a possibility there given how bad Kentucky was. Do you think he'd ever leave Kentucky, or do you think he'd have to end up being forced out? Um, I know that they're obviously not playing great this year. They had a great win over Tennessee, though, but is there any way that Calipari leaves Kentucky unless it's no. him getting fired? No, no. I, I, well, not right now. Um, the buyout's too big. Uh, they may have kind of found their way against Tennessee. And my understanding is, I mean, he, he's he got one of the top recruiting classes coming in next year. So um, they they basically gave him that lifetime contract, so they're pretty well yeah. stuck with him at this point. And I know that um, Texas job. I mean, Rick Barnes was there. He did a pretty good job. Shaka Smart was there. He didn't. I mean, Beard, if he would have behaved himself, um, uh, well, I think would have made that into a really good job. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, um, I mean, when you look at it, Drew, that's not a great basketball job by any means. I, I mean, I mean, look, Leaving Kentucky, you go to Texas for basketball will be stepped down, frankly. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, they'll be fine, and they'll get somebody in there who will do a uh, who do a good job. But, um, uh, and frankly, um, Cal, uh, as of late, is a very little in Kentucky. Uh, and that's just being honest about it. So, um, all in all... Um, uh, no, I, I don't. I don't see him losing that job because with the talent coming in and them have gotten half the season to play, um, he can still right the ship. He's Brent Beard, a First Coast News co-host of the SEC and Helping Podcast. Brent, appreciate the time as always. You have a good one. We'll be in touch again soon. Take care, Drew. Always enjoy the conversations with Brent Beard. We'll be back with more Sports Drive after the break on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99, 1 FM, and the ESPN Pensacola app.